0: In your firewall and filling your ports with technology goodness. It's the 1352 report.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to the 1352 report for Monday, March 9th, 2009. My name is Bruce Elgort, and I'm here with Carl Tyler. Carl, hello. Hello, Bruce. And Jess Stratton? Hello. Jess, where are you from?
2: Rhode Island. And I should have made you answer that one.
1: <laughs> I would have gotten it wrong. <laughs> and uh, Sean Burgess, how are you, Sean? I'm alive. Hey, it's been a while. Uh, we apologize for that, but we shouldn't be apologizing to you because we're doing this on our own time for you guys, so I take that apology back. Uh, Carl, what are we talking about today, by the way?
0: So Tonight we thought we'd do something a little different. We thought we'd uh, do a podcast kind of titled The Kids Today, and what we're going to do is going to go through the things that we think that uh, kids or young admins or those two guys at Lotosphere probably take for granted, um, the kinds of things that exist in apps today which are now considered just the norm, but when they first came out were kind of mind blowing. Um, and, you know, we may cover non-technology stuff as well, you know, simple things like soda can ring pulls, the fact they no longer exist and you don't cut your hand on them. Uh, we we thought we'd cover all sorts of things.
3: You mean pop tops?
0: Whatever they are, yes.
3: <laughs> when did
1: they come out? That was in the 80s?
3: Yeah. It must yeah, be something like
0: 87, 88, I think.
3: No, a lot earlier than that. Hey? But I, I think late 70s, they got rid of the pop tops.
0: You know what? I think I moved to the States in 86 and I'd never seen them till I moved to the States.
1: What did they have in the UK?
0: still had the one where you could pull the can open, break it apart, and use it as a flicker to spin, spin it across a room or something. You know, the, the ring pull would come away from the can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jess, do you remember this kind of stuff when you were a baby?
2: Uh, not that one. No, I wasn't drinking soda when I was like one.
1: <laughs> oh, but you were one in 1980 though, right?
2: I was a little older than that, Bruce.
1: I'm joking. <laughs> not so, much, but a little. <laughs> so, so Carl, you gave a couple good examples there. But let's we'll start off in the in the technology one. So, you guys remember the um, what do you call it? The sound blaster cards.
0: Fantastic.
3: Oh, they were a nightmare.
1: What about them? Why were they a nightmare, Sean?
3: Just getting them configured correctly. Well, <laughs> we had- yeah, the-
1: I
2: don't, did the words plug and play. Had those even been invented yet? I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> I think they had, but they weren't used for computers. <laughs>
3: It was all plug and
0: <laughs> pray. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think I, I think Carl was referring to something else, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
0: was, it was, we were referring to Bruce's lunch earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, but, um, get it, Carl? Well, I mean, the things were the things like your Autoexec. bat file, which obviously uh, people today aren't necessarily aware of. Config. files, getting the right drivers, and there was also a big difference between whether you had a real Sound Blaster card or Sound Blaster compatible.
3: Oh yeah, you know
0: if you. You were loaded. You had a real Sound Blaster card. If you are a regular person, you had a Sound Blaster compatible, and that typically involved even more drivers and more set commands in your Autoexec. bat.
2: And you had to hope that you weren't missing the middle floppy
1: disk,
0: <laughs> That's right? You, you have yeah, to hope that
2: you got it. yeah. Two out, two out of three. You needed, you needed disk two.
1: But wait, wait a second. Yeah, Carl, you said about the set commands, right, in the Autoexec. And some stuff in the config dot it says, "Don't we do that now with like quicker?"
0: Well, it's funny. Just before <laughs> this call, uh, we were we were talking about you know how um, certain members on this call. <laughs> I just forgot Sean's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it just came wild. back to. Me. <laughs> I was going that guy, the other guy in the call. Isn't you, Bruce, or me? He, he was saying uh, how he was just installing um, connections and Tivoli and all sorts. And and he was explaining the joyful process he had once he'd installed it of changing some settings. And we were joking that, um, you know, if you go back 10 years, a key thing for companies to do was to get their installers so that you didn't have to go edit batch files. You didn't have to go edit property files. It just installed and you told it some options during install and you were done. And that was the kind of the thing that everybody wanted. And now we're going back in time where you have to go and edit properties files with Notepad and crazy things like this.
3: Yeah, And as I've told Carl, I said I felt like I was working with Windows 3.1 and the number of property files that I needed to manually edit to get this quicker on portal to work with the Tivoli LDAP directory and WebSphere Portal 6.1. I was absolutely amazed.
1: But, Sean, this is all part of the stimulus package. It's keeping you working, keeping (laughs) you employed.
3: It took me two and a half days to get it installed. IBM has been
1: ahead of the curve. Give them a a break here.
3: What was even more amazing was once I got the quicker install running, so I answered the three or four questions ahead to get running, it ran for two hours before I could do anything else.
0: Well, it has to make the databases highly optimized for the best performance moving forward.
1: (laughs) How did we go from sound blasters to quicker? Who did that intro there?
0: But here's here's, here's a question for you then, Sean. So did you have to get any outside assistance, like from IBM or anything like that? Because the key thing is, was was IBM able to make more money?
3: Now, uh, yes, they were getting paid for this. I will say this, and I'll give up the name. Charlie Price, who is a very good man at IBM support helped me work through this, and if he wasn't there, I would still be working on it probably for another three or four weeks. I will, actually, I,
0: say, I will actually say, I actually say Charlie Price is a very good guy too.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't have even know number one where to start. I mean, right? Because and,
0: the problem, or, don't know which property files to go to.
3: Exactly, um, and then we were debugging the, the the SSO integration with same time on Domino and quicker on on Portal and without him helping and really being able to look at the consoles and seeing what was coming back and understanding approximately what the problem was, it would have taken us forever.
0: Yeah. But the good thing is there are other things that IBM Lewis has done that are great compared to how things used to be. Uh, Do you remember connection documents, which we still have connection documents today, but remember how you used to have to create these manually whenever you wanted to create connect to a server, now you can just tell somebody to do a file-open database, mm-hmm. put in yep. DNS name or IP address, and boom, it creates the connection. Well, document for Yeah, I, I, six,
2: I actually, right? I, I never knew that. <laughs> I never <laughs> knew you could do that.
0: Now you do. Yep.
1: Now no,
0: I how do. How did way. that start? I think that started in 5, I think.
1: 5? No, I'm thinking 6.5, but anyone out there, if, you, if you're listening, if there, any, if there is anyone out there listening and you know when, just uh, post it on the blog. But Sean, what do you think?
3: What about Trace Connection? I can't imagine I can't tell you how many times I saved my butt just being able to go to the Trace Connection tool within the Notes client to figure out what's happening. Absolutely. What the X is on. You know, Absolutely. What did
1: we do do with the with the Sound Blaster cards and stuff when we had problems when we didn't have the internet? All we had was a manual and a phone number. What did we know
2: then we, have, no, then we- <laughs> then we had to fight to connect our modems to the internet with baud rates and compression ratios and Microsoft Windows 95 dial-up networking
3: scripts. We, <laughs> would, dial,
0: we would dial into the local BBS and see if somebody else had experienced the same issue.
3: Be yeah. well, do, you, do you remember setting up dial-up into your notes server? Oh,
0: yeah. And and if you were lucky, you had ISDN next
3: X25. Yeah. So you had dial-up in there, and how many? there was like 40 or 50 modem files that came with notes, clients, you had to figure out which modem the person had remotely, of course, over the phone and talk a non-techie into figuring out which modem to use.
0: Well, you'd have to tell them to turn Echo on so you could then start seeing the commands coming back from the modem. And you'd try ATDP and ATDT, just see if it worked. But, I mean, the itch thing Mo- is those modem files are still there. So, you know. Well,
2: Paul, yeah. Paul Mooney in his admin blast sessions when when he recommends things for notes oh, admins to do cool. and everything, one of those is to get rid of the modem files. Don't install them. He says because every once in a while he will find a company that still has an old, you know, Hayes modem or something plugged in that nobody ever knew about, and he's dialed in and gotten right in. He yep. says just get rid of them.
3: Remember yep. when 33.6 came out? It was so cool. <laughs>
0: so so 33.6 that. that's like fantastic I remember going from 1200 to 2400 and what a major <laughs> thing that was double your speed the worst thing was in the early days was people that, again had Haze compatible modems and you know
3: it seemed and it to be that when, it,
0: when anything said compatible it meant that it was like yeah compatible ish and uh, one of our favorite things in, in CC Mail support was whenever somebody would phone in and say, Is it a true Haze modem? Oh, call me back when you've got a real one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and look at you know. Haze is today, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's, you can look at Harvard Graphics Card, look at Haze, look at Sound Blaster. I mean, Sound Blaster is still doing some stuff, but, you know, I don't think they're as important ever now as they ever were, you know.
3: Now, you now just get
0: a Sound yeah. Card and a PC, and it's perfectly for all, all people wanted to do was play WAV files. And be able Mm -hmm. to hear a deep, deep grunty throat in Doom, that was about it.
3: Yeah. But I mean. How about all the work you used to have to do to get programs loaded up into high memory when you first uh, booted up? Yeah, the uh, the, the the Intel above
0: board. That was the LIM standard, which was when Lotus, Intel, and Microsoft worked together to create that uh, above memory specification. Wow. That that space between the 640 and the 1024.
1: Oh oh that was that. That's right. The high memory and then you had to have a yeah. an above board for stuff above that, right? Yeah,
0: you'd buy things oh. like Quam and things like that. You'd but have who, to boot who,
2: into you'd have to boot into a separate install or a separate memory space to play certain games. I remember that. Yeah, did, um, remember
0: DOS DOS 4 was good enough to actually let us have a boot menu. Carl, did you mention so, Q
1: E M M Quem? Yeah, Quem. Yeah, that was the
0: who made that product? Who? I didn't it was again with S. Um
3: to ask our Google
0: Quarterdeck. Friend. Quarterdeck, Quarterdeck yeah. it was. Quarterdeck,
3: right. Oh, that's a name I hadn't heard in a while. Right, oh.
0: QEMM.
3: I remember what, one of my one of my old favorites on Windows 3.1 was a program called Xtree Gold that allowed me to transfer files graphically from place to place to place, and it just did such a good job. Yeah, really it was
0: X-Tree, job. So, X- so, Xtree Pro Gold, X- right? Xtree, that failed on Windows. How anybody used it on Windows? Xtree was fantastic on DOS. That's when it was cool. Right.
1: I think Sean meant us.
0: No, I, I don't think he, I think he's just super modern. <laughs> I mean, he keeps talking about Windows 3.1. What about Windows 3.0, Windows 286 and all that great stuff?
3: Or um, Windows groups.
1: Yeah, uh, 3.1 one. Three one yeah. 3. one. Yeah. 1. Uh, 3.11. That's a great one. That was what so, 1990?
0: So, yeah, so uh, Windows 3.11 was 92. Wow.
1: So that's what 16 years ago.
0: Windows 3.1 was 90, yeah, Windows three one one was 92. Uh,
3: okay, we'll date ourselves. 17 years For, ago. First version of DOS, what was yours?
0: Uh, 2.1. Two yeah,
3: 2.1. Yes?
2: I have no idea. My dad built his own computers, like, from day one, so he just handed it to me, and I wrote my basic programs on it. <laughs> you, had a tex-
0: you had a Texas instrument speak and spell, didn't you?
2: No, my actually my dad had a Commodore PET, Commodore PET or whatever oh, wow. it was called. Did, and he, did
0: he have a um, thermal printer that was about two inches wide?
2: <laughs> yeah. We had that really l- noisy dot matrix one. Oh,
0: data. Loaded, wow. <laughs> Jess comes from a rich family we just found out.
2: <laughs> Actually, no. He see my dad. Unless, he, my dad was, wait, my unless, dad was old school. Wait, he built unless you were own-
0: using this Commodore PET in like 1996. <laughs> then, then we know that But no, you no, don't. <laughs>
2: 1978, and I have the pictures on my blog. So, what was your yeah. first
1: computer,
3: Carl?
0: My very first computer that I had was a Commodore 64.
3: Same here. Wow. Had the
0: best graphics and sound. It beat the Spectrum. It beat the Amstrad. It beat all those, as far as I was concerned.
1: You're not going to guess what my first computer
0: was. Um, a HP handheld no, calculator.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> a, a Wang Professional 350. Oh.
0: Wow. Now, so here's the question: How old were you? Or yeah, how old were you when you very, very first time you ever dialed up? And what was the service?
1: Ooh, it was.
0: It had, it, had be, but it had to be. It had to be eighty five, eighty six,
1: eighty seven, and it was. What was it? Oh, no, no, I know what it was. Twenty five. I think it was a service, a uh, program called Remote, where you were able to connect two PCs with two modems together. So I was calling myself, but
0: copy yeah, Oh, how, how old were you then?
1: I was what twenty.
0: Oh wow. Twenty-one, and uh, hey, Jess, you don't—you don't have to give us a year, Jess. For what? Well, how old were you when you very first uh, dialed out or connected to something?
2: Oh God, it was old NEC BBSs that I used to do with my father. So I was probably like, let's say, like eight. Wow.
0: That?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we F- BBS F- together F- on the old NEC. There was an NEC building um, a couple of towns over, and so. All the local kids would kind of, you know, have fun. The we were all friends with the um, the sysop, so he would kind of let us chat and and do our thing and poke around and play with the servers.
1: <laughs> well, ask that today. Ask kids, you know, what's the first website you went to when you were three? You know,
0: <laughs> oh. well, the first connection that would have been wireless when I was in the Starbucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Sean?
3: Uh it was probably Compuserve back late 80s or no mid 80s mid 80s CompuServe I don't yeah. think I ever dialed up on the 64 I was a bit young yet nobody else in the family had any clue I don't
0: think Not uh it. I don't think I could even I, don't, I didn't have a modem or anything for the Commodore 64
3: did you ever did you ever use a modem that had, like you put the actual phone receiver in
0: yes a coupling uh, modem yeah. yeah that I did that at uh, school yeah, secondary school. The first time I dialed out was actually uh, my dad had a Prestel unit, which is actually like the computer was actually a British telecom computer. And basically it was just a modem that would connect to the screen. And I was probably about 10 when we dialed out on that. And then I got in a lot of trouble because in England you pay by the minute that you're connected for the telephone. And um, I can remember he got quite upset because, you know, I was connected for a while hunting down dragons or something.
1: Well, they have that now, too, with, with mobile data plans, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. text yeah.
2: messaging now. Yep.
1: Something's never changed. These telcos, you know, that's that's well, their business, man.
2: Well, we got So prodigy. How,
0: how, how about uh, computer arcades? Computer arcades seem to be going away. You know, game arcades? Um, the, one, the, ones in Boston have, the ones in Boston have gone.
3: I remember spending quite a bit of my allowance at a Golden Dome. Or just to play pinball. It's hard to find a good pinball game these days.
0: Yeah. How about Space Invaders? Remember when it actually was a single color, but they put a piece of tape across yeah. the bases to make it look like it was multicolored?
3: Exactly. Yeah, they just put, put film over top so you could have different things.
0: Yeah, so that's actually, pretty cool.
3: We were down at Disney at the, um, at the, one of the all-star hotels. And they actually had a Space Invader game there that had to build film over top. Oh wow! <laughs> and they
0: charge you a dollar a game now.
3: Something obscene. <laughs> what about
0: you, Jess? The, one, the one I used to like playing was uh, the one. The, it was an airplane and it had a joystick. You could flick it left and right, and it was always in the arcade. And it was right about Top Gun time in like '86 oh, or something. Oh, River Raid. No, uh, was it Air? Air? I don't remember what it was
3: called, but yeah. I was a big. Gal- I love Galaga, was my favorite. Galaga, yeah, yeah. What
1: about. I
2: mean, actually, that's another, thing, about that, that's another thing that the kids take for advantage nowadays. Like when the game cartridges, they would always get dust in them and they wouldn't be able to play, so you'd have to clean them all out and, and do this or weird with thing. Eraser. But a yeah, yeah, cons-
3: racer erase, to clean off the, uh, the <laughs> oh, contacts. Oh, yeah, the contacts. Before- oh, well. I've it, done that with memory.
0: I would never have done this, but I had friends, apparently, that when they would copy Commodore <laughs> 64 games, the azimuth screw on the tape head, if it wouldn't play, you could adjust it a little bit, and then it could actually load the tapes that were copyright protected. But that's just what I heard anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Would that be on your cassette tape player?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the, the, be quick actually... load, the quick load cassette tape recorder. <laughs> that the kids have it easy,
1: order. man. Kids now have it so easy, they're so spoiled.
2: You
0: know? I don't know, you can still scratch a CD. But you know what's interesting, you know, you just talked about Gallagher. When I have things like my sister's kid come, I have um some of those old games on the PlayStation. They they have what's called a Sony Museum or something, or Got Sega em. Museum. And I put on Gallagher, and those kids will play that for ages. Because yeah. it's it's about the playability. It's nothing to do with the graphics, it's just the fact that it no. was like all addictive simple, kind all of All those card.
3: simple games were the best. Jackson yeah. plays yeah. those all the time. Don't we actually do few different sets for him. And he'll sit there and, and play those for quite a long time.
0: And a lot of them, they're just playing these games now. They're free Flash games that are on different websites. They just play them all the time there.
3: I don't know where he finds these Wild Tangent games, but he's, because we have an HP, so they've got this this thing where they feed you what games of the week or whatever, and he's always on there playing some new game, winning it. I think, it's, never seen it before.
0: Yeah, I think it's wildtangent.com. Yeah. Something like that. But there's loads out there, and some of them are pretty good. So what what else do we have, the kids Kids these days? I mean, you know, we're talking about uh, have, um, tape. What about tape-to-tape tape well, when we'd make copies? Oh, God, yeah. What about drag-and-drop drag, drag a file before we had to do tape-to-tape tape copies of, uh, you know, cassettes?
2: What about long file names? You had to use that um, tilde character if you wanted to type out anything in DOS with a space in it. You, know, you remember that? No. Yep.
3: Well, okay, Even that's things- Let's go a little bit non non computer. How about just making mix tapes? You remember making mixtapes?
0: Well, you, you remember when on Sunday night they'd have the top forty, and you'd sit there with your tape recorder yeah. trying to record without <laughs> exactly without the DJ's voice. Yeah. Nowadays well, you, they just go download stuff from BitTorrent or whatever.
3: Yeah. Well, we had to do. You had to do mixtapes for your girlfriend or boyfriend in high school, and you had your albums, and it took like four hours to make the tape. Or longer, you had to get it yep. just right. You screw it up and go go find what you need to do, Thank and then of and course then, the p- tea breaks.
0: And we had to walk to the cassette store with no shoes on, broken glass
3: <laughs> I was in say, sub-zero
0: temperatures.
1: So and it's amazing you would what what you would do for sex. So, <laughs> we,
3: sex, we were just hoping to have somebody talk to us.
2: <laughs> I mean, even games like you look at like back to computers for a second. You look at games like World of Warcraft. It's like we, remember. um, Mudding, like multi user dungeons. It's like all the kids were writing levels for those and just putting them online. You know, Matt, um, my husband, he he did tons of levels for those things.
3: Carl, I'm sure you played Zork. No, oh, I, you played know, all the it, the I played with all the I things things like, Zork.
0: The ones I played were King's Quest, Police Quest. Oh, Leisure Suit Larry was excellent too. Yeah. Leisure
3: Suit Larry <laughs> in the land of the lounge lizards.
1: Hey, can I ask about the. Uh, addiction to World of Warcraft.
3: I don't understand. Well, I understand it. I just don't try it. What What do. were you asking?
1: I'm just. Uh, I know kids. Uh, maybe that one that used to live in this house. Uh, well, he still does. But who just for hours? You'd go to bed at like ten, and you wake up at five in the morning, and it's like crack. They're still
2: playing yeah. it. Well, well, it's, it's, it's very easy to lose track of time. Do well, they not have any folks
0: you
3: in World of Warcraft? Do that with two?
0: Oh Wait. doom! Yeah, and actually, with often uh, my brother-in-law actually used to tell whenever he used to visit, he and I would you know start playing something should be like Police Quest, and then we'd be playing, and then we would look outside and we're like, Jesus, it isn't even dark yet, but obviously we'd already played through the night, and it was already daylight again. So I I can understand how that can happen. It it doesn't happen anymore because I'm I'll be out cold if I'm playing, you know. Because well, um,
3: you do the same thing I do. I won't start playing because if I start playing, I know I won't stop.
0: Yeah. But I have an
3: eighteen-year-old son who's trying to live his life. But you world. know, but
0: I think um, it's like you know, Skype stuff like that. When you chat to people, you know, you can chat to them for hours and lose track of time. I think yeah. World of Warcraft, a lot of people's the same thing. Yeah. it's actually. I mean, it raises really the thing. I mean, I find that whole virtual worlds. I just find them kind of irritating. I don't see the point of it myself. Same time, three D. But um, but I was going to ask about same time three D. What do people think about that? The whole you actually attend a meeting and you walk to a seat you. Have to turn around to be able to see different screens, things like that. I mean, I, I think I blogged a while back that I'm kind of like, yeah, but I don't, I th- don't think it makes us more productive doing that. Yeah, Carl, think the, it's still picking to switch things on the screen quick. As
1: soon as they said three D or something <laughs> world, I just you tuned have to out wear
0: special it. glasses.
1: <laughs> yeah, I tuned out, man.
0: Now, what, what about you, Jess? Because you you typically have a different opinion to me on these things.
2: For what the, the same uh, time three D,
0: did you just. Announcement for that. No, it's basically it's a a new product from IBM where at the same time hooked into like Second Life.
2: So Mm -hmm. when you
0: attend it, you actually go to a you walk to the meeting room or fly to the meeting. See, to me that would that would I can definitely.
2: I mean, I can see how that would be really fun for a lot of people who are always at their desks or things like that. But for me, it's just I want to do it. One of the things that I love about instant messaging is that it's quick. and I can get what I need instantly, you know? And if you're, you know, I don't know. I think the quicker you can have the meeting, the more efficient it can be. Granted, gonna say, if you have the kind of dynamics that people don't like to do those things, then I am all for making it as fun as possible.
0: But, yeah, I, I, you know, people. they were giving the example of somebody was showing like a new IBM uh, blade server, and they're showing you how you could open up this blade, and then here's the card you need to replace, things like that. And I'm looking at you, and well, it's obviously taking somebody ages to build a 3D model of these computers in there in the first place. But I was trying to think of it as just, you know, it—it's it, like if you showed me decent pictures of that, it, I'd understand that just as well as seeing a 3D model of it. I think I, it comes down to almost, I think, for me, in that example, if the documentation was better, you wouldn't have that problem in the first place.
1: Mm. Well, think about the kids though—the World of Warcraft kids, all these gamer kids out there—they're
0: gonna—they're not gonna have jobs. They're not going have, <laughs> they have They have virtual jobs.
3: They have virtual skills.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. I, it's definitely something to watch, you know, but it's like I'd rather they, like, invested in a new workspace in the Notes client than a 3D virtual world for the same time kind of thing. Well,
1: yeah, maybe you're never going to get impressed off of that. Maybe they're working on a 3D workspace. Oh,
0: they can call it 3D workspace. Yeah. Workspace 3D.
1: Let me Twitter that do, right now. Hold on.
3: Do you remember... Back in, I would say, the mid to late 90s when they started talking about different methods for surfing the web, and they had different browsers, instead of the, instead of navigating back and front, they had all kinds of different 3D ways to navigate the web.
0: Now, actually, this is kind of cool. Think about your th- workspace as like a Rubik's Cube, but with like 20 squares on each side. And you could hit a tab and it just do a rotate to the next tab, people would go, ooh, even though it had the exact same feature set, people would go, oh that's kind of cool. Look, it's 3D.
3: Is that like <laughs> this is our flaming logo and I can make it spin? Yeah,
0: exactly. So <laughs> oh, that'd be like, wow, look at that.
3: That was one of the better isn't, wait, isn't that, isn't that
0: isn't that one of the best. things why we moved to Eclipse to have three D rotating workspace? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah we oh God we forgot to talk. We didn't even talk about animated GIFs and websites. Oh God. Oh
3: yeah or have a whole GIF uh copyright issue remember we were going to get charged yeah, yeah
0: you couldn't you couldn't uh, because it was patented and uh yeah if you hadn't licensed it you couldn't use it
1: oh my god When was that i don't remember that
0: well that's because that you were late a 90s
3: ghost. yeah late 90s they it was talked about that it was patented so that CompuServe, if they wanted to could start charging anybody who created a gif on the internet <laughs>
0: Uh, well, because a... GIF files came from CompuServe before the internet. Well, not before the internet, but before the internet
3: most people know. Yes.
1: What year your... What year did Domino uh the Domino server come out? That was in 45 96 96. 45 or 46?
3: It was it was they had four 4.6. Point... 4.5 you could download the beta for it and it came bundled in 46. Ah, uh, okay.
0: But before that we did have Internote's publisher. Yes would go publish yeah. databases every five minutes or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm. Or would, what are the, the one of the word things on your email, Carl, was searching on Google. and how. Remember you used to have to know which category you were searching in and well, where you were
0: looking? Remember when you used to have to go to the library? Yeah. <laughs> and you have to go to the decimal system and you're like, what the hell is this? Card, card? Catalog, catalog.
3: Yeah. catalog. They're still trying to teach that in my son's sixth grade class. They has a whole thing on card catalogs. I'm like, and I was in with the teacher during, you know, parent-teacher conference. I'm like, why are you guys teaching this? I said, yeah, teach, all I need to do to do that is search. If yeah, they teach what a
0: Boolean search is.
3: Yes, teach them how to do real searches and search. And she's talking, she's talking like, well, it's still organized this way in the computer. Yeah, but that's wrong. Yeah. Because nothing else in the world works like that. And you're teaching them skills that don't matter.
0: I mean, from, from points of view of just things like, like the the thing before we said with Sound Blaster card, you know, programming, a simple thing like a, a sort loop, all that stuff now, it's like you just go to Google and you're like, yeah, sort loop, VB, and boof, there's like <laughs> copies of how to do that, or you go, oh, my Sound Blaster says this error message, and there'll be some forum somewhere yeah, where somebody goes, but- I have this message, and you're going, oh, I'll try that setting and see if it fixes it.
2: It's good for helping, but for learning. Me and my husband were just talking about this the other day, though there's an equal amount of crap, and it's like my husband sees it in in his job. It starts to encourage really bad code, you know, because people can start putting up bad programming up on the Internet, and people can get it and say, oh, that's how you do it, and then they'll put it in there, and then the bad code just seeps through everywhere.
0: The other issue actually is copyright as well. You know, it's like um, developers uh, are often, you know, Going out, searching Google for code and using it, and they're they're effectively stealing somebody else's code.
3: Well, but I mean, think so. about this: how much coding goes on right now? It's all copy and paste versus creation from scratch.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing, and I think actually in IBM they have very strict policies for developers about if you know searching for code and things like that, mm-hmm. and that they're not supposed to do it.
1: And that's going to be one of the big things with the but, new Open NTF too: is to go through all that code and find out which code has been ripped off and which code yeah. is... Uh, but how true. can
3: you tell? Honestly, unless it's commented. She searched Google Tim for it.
1: sesh as new note session. That's, I, I got that copyrighted, man.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing interesting. is a lot of the same time sample code now has copyright of IBM, and the, the sample code, you're not supposed to be... You, know, you read it, and like, you know, can't use it without permission from IBM, and you go, what the hell's the point of that sample code? becomes k and you kind of like if this is their sample and it's copyrighted, I can't use it unless I get written permission from IBM and are you just going, going, if you're going to include sample code, at least make it open source sample code.
3: no such thing as original code
1: Sean, what about your kids your your kids span the age gamut, right? yep, what are they amazed at you know when you start talking you know history um
3: right? I don't know if they're amazed so much because we don't i don't try to reminisce too much. I'm amazed at the speed at which the three and six-year-old pick up technology. Just the the utter speed at which Caden, at three years old, knows how to go downstairs, start the Wii, find the games he wants to play, and play them without anybody helping him.
1: Is he the kid with the Twitter account?
3: No, that's Jackson. Jackson's <laughs> oh, on a whole different level. Gotcha. <laughs> but Caden, Caden's just, you know... He's three, and you know, at three we were outside eating dirt.
0: We were outside selling crack cocaine. <laughs> uh, uh, Jess, what about Zoe? He had a job at three. We were we were Zoe climbing up, them.
2: watching videos on YouTube.
1: Does she do it by herself?
2: No, but she asked for it. YouTube, YouTube. Like, hi. yeah, she points at the TV and she like she's she points at the computer and she starts telling me what video she wants to watch up there.
0: I I and had my niece picked. stay. I had my niece say about two weeks ago, and it was pretty funny. She had some show from England that she had to watch, so I had to, you know, get it from somewhere so she could watch it. But the other thing is, she just loved banging on the keyboard, and I worked out that it didn't matter if the keyboard was hooked up to a computer or not. I could put the keyboard on a chair, and she was still perfectly happy. <laughs> is that the
1: one? <laughs> the, who thing thing
2: is, the, to the thing is, the thing is with with Zoe, we'll never know what it means to like have to wait for a TV show, though. You know, she has DVR and TiVo and no commercials.
3: And on you demand. Know, she'll,
2: she'll never know what a commercial is. She, she points to the TV and she says blues clues and and I, you know, I can go and pull it up in the DVR list and she can watch it. You know?
3: Yeah, it's uh, you have to pull it up. Jackson, you know, it's at four years old was navigating the menus on the Verizon and Fios to pull get <laughs> on the by himself. I mean, it's just they don't understand the whole get up change the channel, go sit back down.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, in England, in England, kids' TV didn't start until about 3.30 in the afternoon when I was growing up. Well, the other thing is they don't, they don't remember the, you know, I mean, lucky people had a remote control, right? But the remote control mm-hmm. had a long cable that went from their TV to wherever they were sitting. Yep. And then, of course, really rich people, they managed to get super-duper ones that had ultra-high frequency. So it worked through a high-frequency sound. And you always used to hear stories about people's budgerigars tweeting and changing their TV channels.
3: Um, And what about um, the fact that cartoons were only on Saturday mornings?
2: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: no other time. So you had to get up to watch them or you missed them for the entire week.
1: (laughs) Wow.
0: Well, we we grew up watching Black and White American Westerns reruns and (laughs) and Harold Lloyd (laughs) and Lauren Hardy. (laughs) With all your knockoff stuff. But, I mean, the thing is, our parents obviously talk the exact same way about us. Yep. You know, it's like they had wind-up TV and things like that. <laughs> but, I, actually, I just recently bought a player piano, and it has no electrics in it. You just pedal, and it operates purely through air vacuums. And it just amazes me that this thing, you know, is designed and it works and it plays the piano as if somebody's sitting there and it's all just doing it with air.
1: Do you have those reels, those paper reels? Yeah,
0: it's it's paper rolls, yeah. It's wow. totally cool, and it all just operates through somebody, you know, pedaling and g- getting a vacuum going.
1: Mm-hmm. Where did you find this piano?
0: Craigslist.
3: Yeah, everything's on Craigslist.
0: It was under the it was under the erotic pianos uh, section. Or something.
1: <laughs> well, just look look about gaming and like Guitar Hero, right? The fact that you have these kids who can, you know, wail on those those guitars like it's like it like like they're pros, and then you put them on a regular guitar, and it's like, what?
0: Because yeah, but you know what? It, for some people, that's that's an introduction to get them hooked and interested. I I think things like Star Hero are fantastic. I get, think those things just great. And, and the reason, why, as well, is because people often play it together, and you you know, it's not just an individual thing. They'll play it with their friends, and you know, across the internet or whatever. Star Hero,
3: of, we are are great for families. Absolutely great for families.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the whole thing where these computer games you're playing other people on the internet. I mean. That's what made Doom fantastic was when you play that over the network. Yep. You know, you're playing somebody real and they did something that the computer never did. It's like you open the door and there was somebody there with a shotgun blowing it in your face. And you're like, well, the computer never does that. You know, playing other human beings brings a whole nother levels to any kind of game, whether it's, you know, an interactive educational game, which I kind of think in a way, you know, um, Guitar Hero is in a in a strange way, you know, introduced you to rhythm and other things and, you know, the keys are in the right order, so if the note's going up, you've got to move your finger up and things so it's it's not too bad for training somebody's ear to the basics nice. and you know there's other things like you know my brother bought me for Christmas a game called Buzz, which gives you a big red button like a buzz quiz show, and I can play them in England, you know using this thing over the internet. And it's just great i mean it's like here's an example of how the uh internet connections really help. so years and years ago my my family moved to the states, and I came out like six months after, but for those six months. We would do things like, obviously, send a real physical letter in the post. We'd also do things like record record a tape of what we'd been doing that week. And they'd get it, like, a week and a half, two weeks later. But, you know, I wouldn't find out what they were doing unless they called for the two minutes because they had to keep the costs down. Or they Mm -hmm. sent me a tape, sent me a real letter. Now, of course, you know, I can see every day on their Flickr accounts or their Facebook accounts exactly what they're doing or who they're seeing or where they are. And it's just amazing. It's like, you know... Just in the period of time I've lived in the States for the last 12 years, things have changed so much. And how much information I now get about my family back in England that I wasn't getting 10 years ago.
1: Do you think that the um, technology has had an effect on the economic situation?
0: Yeah, I think if we didn't have technology, obviously it would be harder to move certain jobs overseas and things. But I think it's also helped in a lot of ways. So I I don't see it as a negative But I think probably because we're able to do things quicker, probably the economy is able to you know stop much quicker than it was. And start. Uh, I mean, the other thing is, you know, a lot of these mortgages and things that were sold, it probably would have been harder to sell them without things like the internet and network connections and computers. Mm -hmm. People probably would have looked into them in more detail before they bought them.
1: I could see Sean, Republican, Burgess over there stewing right now.
3: About what? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm not, I don't stew about anything. I think, uh... No, I think uh, that's, we won't even talk about financing stuff. This is a technology show.
0: Okay. Yeah. But no, but you know, you know what I think probably did have an impact in this technology, which is I think a lot more people started selling and buying shares themselves because of the internet. And the thing is you have people that don't necessarily understand how markets work, which would be somebody like me, who are buying and selling based upon what other people they know are doing or what they think everybody else is doing. See, and that actually, I think, helped create some of these bubbles where everybody's like, oh, my God, I've got to buy Google because everybody else is buying Google. Look no, at no, it. No,
1: Carl, that's Wait. CNBC.
0: Yeah. But that's the thing. But the thing is people before, if they wanted to buy or sell shares, they'd either, you know, if they were lucky, they'd call a broker or they'd have to visit the bank and say, oh, I want to buy, you know, a thousand shares of this and sell a hundred shares of this. Now they do it in split seconds, you know, and the thing is, they're messing with their pensions, you know, they're, well, they're managing their own pensions.
3: You, you got to remember, there are people out there, many people out there, who think gambling is a really, really bad thing, but believe that the stock market is really, really good. And they don't understand that the stock market is the biggest casino in the world. That's right. And there is it's- if, if, it, if there were really concrete reasons why stocks go up or down versus the way everybody else is playing it, it'd be okay. But a lot of times it's a crapshoot, and right now it's completely the worst. But the reasons for stocks going up and down right now—you you look at the CNBC people who supposedly know what the hell is going on—and they're just shaking their heads.
0: You've been watching Daily Show with Jon Stewart?
3: Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, not at all. I watch CNBC almost all—well, way too much. But it, but it, well, but I do think though—I think
0: because people were able to take you know in a way take more control of their own finances in some ways that's had an impact on things like this. Like the internet bubble, you know, it's like that was people there, like, oh my God, that one's going to go IPO, then I'm going to get in that too. I'm going to get it because they just go up no matter what happens.
3: That
1: well, was because was of the attack ins. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking.
3: So, see, but I don't see I, the, one, the difference between the internet bubble and what just happened was I never understood how any of those internet companies were going to make money.
0: Right.
1: What's changed? What's changed with, like, Twitter and
0: oh, Facebook? Oh, the Web 2.0 or... stuff, but, you know, but those companies aren't public this time.
3: Yeah, they're not making money. I don't understand how Twitter makes money. It doesn't. It, uh, it doesn't. Facebook, no. does he actually make money on Facebook?
0: No. Well, he makes money, but it doesn't cover his costs or anything.
3: Yeah, exactly. He doesn't make so, profit. I mean, well, Google, you're I guess. you the it, laws they... of
1: economics,
0: man.
3: I I I just don't understand it. I don't it is practice. it is
0: like bubble before, which is like these companies are getting money on the promise that if we get all these eyeballs, then we're going to make money. But there's lots of companies that had that same argument and had lots of eyeballs, but never made any money. Mm-hmm. So the the answer when any any of these things seem to say Is like targeted advertising, but then during a recession, advertising revenues tend to go down. So you know, the the only company that really seems to make a lot of money from advertising is Google. Mm. And that's because I think it's the emperor's new clothes. But anyway.
3: Yeah, I don't understand how they make money either.
1: We're almost at 45 minutes, guys. Anything else you want to add to this exciting discussion about?
3: I'm going to take my floppy disks and go. <laughs> now, we didn't even talk
1: about floppy disks, you know? What's it? in business? Sean, what was your first floppy disk? Five and a quarter?
3: Five and a quarter. Actually, I did actually play with the big 10-inch IBMers. They were 10-inch, weren't they? Or the 8,
1: eight inch. So, you talking about? <laughs> no, he's talking about the arrows. Is the this song.
0: like Big Catholic church, church story? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but I mean, I remember those hard drives. They were at my mom's work, and I was looking at those. I'm like, wow. But the, the ones I play with at home were the five and a quarter <laughs> for the uh, 64. Yeah. Uh... I remember when three and a halves came out. They were great. You could, you could throw them across the room. You know, pick them up, sew, spill soda on them, wipe them off, throw them in the computer, and they worked. <laughs> <sighs>
0: uh, what is what is that porn music?
3: <laughs> no, that's not the right rhythm for porn music.
0: It was an Italian porn film. Uh anyway, so I yeah, so I think zip disks, floppy disks.
3: I remember that. Yeah, there. My I niece was here.
0: And I actually started pulling some notes databases off some zip disks where my niece is here, and she looks at me. And she goes, what are those? And I'm like, they're zip disks. And she's like, well, what is on it? And then I grab a thumb drive, and I go, you see this thumb drive that says 16 gigabytes on it? She goes, yeah. I go, well, it's like um, 1600, 1,600 of these would fit on this little thing here. Actually, is how, about, 1,
3: how about actually having to go pay for PK zip?
1: Uh, you still have to.
0: Yeah, it's not free. It's not free. Are you saying you don't pay for that, Sean?
1: <laughs>
3: Who uses PK Zip anymore? It comes no, with Windows.
1: Winzip, WinZip okay. same company. Okay, Sean lives in Laurelhurst, Maryland.
3: No, but to open a zip file the zip file, you don't need to open it anymore. Windows uh, doesn't but you have know it what?
0: Windows Windows suffers if you have something like the um let's take the notes directory and compress it. Windows just freaks out because there's so many files in there. It just yeah. can't do it. It takes hours. Whereas something like Winzip, which you purchase um, takes you know like two three minutes to do it or whatever.
3: Oh, that's if that's if you're creating zip files. I'm just talking about reading them.
0: No, it's the same thing. If you if you zip up something like notes and you extract it from a fault, uh, from a zip folder, it will take you hours with the, with the Windows unzip.
1: Yeah, try it, Sean.
0: It's amazing yeah. how inefficient that is. Mm-hmm.
1: Sean, <laughs> uh, w- were you in a? Did you help write a book or something that just came out, or were you a part a part of that somehow?
3: I was. Uh... A technical editor for a survival guide for Lotus Notes and Domino Administrators, which basically means I went through and made sure all the pictures were correct and the steps he went through to do XYZ were the actual steps you needed to do. So, and then I told, then I wrote back to the author and said, you know, you really need to do it this way, this way, and this way. And I have yet to read the book to figure out if uh, he listened to me or not.
0: He didn't reply saying it's already been published then.
3: No. It actually took – I expected this – my last editing piece for this was done in September, maybe October, um, and it just came out. I actually got two copies in the mail this week. It's really nice. I mean, it's not very thick.
0: That's actually – you know, it's a really good point that Bruce raised that because this is great that IBM finally doing this. One, one of the big mistakes Lotus made, I think, was closing down Lotus Press, which used to do books about Lotus products and things. And, you know, it's like if the publishers aren't publishing books, then you better do it yourself. And it's great to see that IBM are doing this. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I was very happy to be involved in this. Um, It's something that that for new people coming on, we take for granted the things we know about Notes and Domino. But if you're coming into it new, you know, back back when I started version 3 or even when Carl started even earlier, you know, there wasn't that much to know. You knew it you had to know more about the operating systems and how it worked with that than you actually had to know with about notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, there's so many little things you need to know about notes and domino and different pieces that it hooks into. I don't understand how you would start.
1: Well, look at Declan Lynch is doing with the X Pages articles. I think he's up to yeah. like forty two. Yeah, forty two blog entries, which he's gonna turn into a self published uh wow. PDF. So for That's those great. of you who Want to learn X pages? Head over to Qt. Which is John. As
0: John had said, if if IBM had MVP we'll rewards, he should get one.
1: Yep. But we won't talk about the Lotus MVP. MVP. Oh. All right. <laughs> you guys done?
3: Um, I think so. We'll anything else in anything you show? Should... Well, how? About, um, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? Like albums? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Or, or when was the last time you actually saw a payphone? Uh,
1: I, I. Uh, see let's a see. Lot Where of are the local
0: drug dealers.
1: Yeah, I never see anyone
0: using them. I always, yeah. I see them at uh, petrol stations. Still, mm-hmm. sorry, oh, gas stations. Call them
3: petrol stations is a problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, well, you put petrol in your car. For Jess, well, no,
3: anything uh, you want to gasoline throw it in
1: your car?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: All right, Mr. Tyler. Anything else you want to throw out there for?
0: Remember when they invented electric starters for cars? God, that was so great. Do you didn't have to <laughs> run around the front? And it.
2: Actually, i i have a um, I have a thing. Just speaking of like the whole kids today, we just got to combat my everyday battle with dog hair. We just got one of those iRobot Roombas. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. That thing is sca- It's going to take over the world. That thing is you know Skynet. What I'm what telling they- you.
0: You huh? have to watch the deals. They Even the dog one, they clog up on the dog hair.
2: No, it doesn't. It can do... No, I, I have haven't one. found I, anything I that that thing can't
0: one. do. The only thing you need... Here's what you need to do. is The instructions may have changed, and you may be lucky. I got one a couple of years ago, and it tells you to keep it plugged in and charge it when you're not using it. Do not do that, because it ruins the battery. But I actually I have, a, I have a scuba and a Roomba, and the scuba's great. That that's the wet one that does tile and stuff.
1: Does it go on a carpet like a thick shag carpet? It
0: yeah. can do that. Yeah, it's it's With really carpet cool. Carpet and tile it uh, all
2: surfaces. The one I have, I have the iRobot Roomba 560. How much are they? And that a um, couple hundred bucks. like a couple hundred too. bucks. Yeah, on Amazon they're the cheapest.
1: Do they freak you... dogs out?
0: Uh, no. Some dogs freak out. Well, it depends on mine. your dog.
1: Yeah. My dog is named Domino or Designer. Will the other you thing out?
0: you can do is they get they have a Bluetooth adapter for them, and you can program them yourself. But i iRobot they they also do you know um, bomb disposal robots and stuff, so they're 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 pretty uh, clever people. But it wow. is it is interesting to watch this thing bounce off furniture and just go all over the place with what looks like no logic at all in its pattern.
2: Well, that's why it's crazy. Like I haven't figured out. You can't stump it. Like it, you know. It'll kind of bump its way. It, it's determined to get underneath. Like, yeah. um, you know, it can't if it gets stuck somewhere. I've seen it like lift up its its little wheel and like go over it.
1: Does it you know, yeah. Does it check to see if you're looking first. <laughs>
0: I <laughs> I come back and I think it's not been doing anything and then I come and it's like oh oh he's back I better start doing something. <laughs> but you get you can get you get these little virtual walls and stuff so you can restrict the areas it does. Yeah,
2: and now I mean yeah. I just I schedule it so you don't even have to do anything. It'll just clean the room for they, you know however long it takes and then go back and charge itself when it's done. Yeah.
0: They oh even goodness. have little things on it so that it senses if it's like sucking up tassels or something and then spits them back out.
2: Yeah, and it has a you know, cliff sensor. I, uh, it won't go over stairs.
0: Yeah, I tried that. I pushed it over a cliff. I'm <laughs> All right, that's a uh,
1: fifty minutes and thirty seven second seconds of
0: thirteen fifty two chatter. So. and obviously, p- people can post their own comments and let us know what they think we missed out.
2: Oh, I'd love to. Please, in the show notes, right? Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. The notes. Notes.
1: <laughs> in the show notes. All right. Well, uh, Sean. Good to hear your voice again. I'm glad we're we're back on the saddle here. We'll find out yep. if we do this again in two weeks. And
3: James, uh, just a just a little tidbit. I did just finish being part of the Foundation's 1.1 beta that went uh, quite well um, with 8.5 integration and VMware. So quite nice. It should be out soon. I'm not saying when, but soon. Okay.
1: And. Lotus Foundations, yeah. Okay, one, 1. Yep. will be out soon. Uh, Carl, any parting words from you? And don't throw in another topic or I'll reach through the oh, I'm, wires. I'm,
0: and... I'm good. I think people should just post their comments and uh, let us know what things they're thinking of.
1: And we make free phone calls on the internet using Skype.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Remember how you can choose your long-distance provider?
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, well
0: yeah.
3: Yep.
1: Don't do it, Sean.
0: Yeah, whatever happened to ten ten three two twenty or whatever that thing was.
1: Right, ten ten three two oh right.
0: When I arrived in the States, every other advert was caught saying call ten ten th- with the guy from um you know uh, you uh know, I was trying Rock to remember Sun. what those
2: were the other day.
0: Wow. Yeah, but whatever happened to those? Uh,
2: I don't
1: know. Cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> Cell
0: phones. It I think it is, people just got long distance calls got cheaper. Hey Carl. Go on, Bruce, you can hang up on 10, me. Ten
1: ten three two oh.
0: Is that what it was? Ten ten three twenty.
3: No, ten ten three two zero.
1: Yeah, ten ten three two zero or something <laughs> like that. 10, ten ten twenty. <laughs> All right, shut up. Take care, everybody.
3: <coughs> night night. All right. See you later.